What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. And Carrie. What's up? Um, the only new game on the docket is Hypnospace Outlaw. Yeah. I've never heard of before. So this came out last year for PC. Um, I had heard good things about it, and um, it's very much my uh, aesthetic as far as, uh, like... It's it's an interesting sort of recreation of like the internet circa 1998. Um, oh, I have seen this actually. I think I yeah. saw the Nintendo the indie preview thing. Yeah, so um, it's interesting. They actually, I think, just it actually may be releasing this week. Um, it's getting a port to consoles, including Switch. But you play sort of like a an internet detective, and you're fixing problems online. I've literally played like 45 minutes of it. Like I started playing it today. I bought it because it was on sale on sale on Steam. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, if you spent time online in the late nineties, um, it's a weird, it's a weird nostalgia trip. Um, but it's fun. It's sort of like a interesting little point and click detective game, basically. Um, but yeah, I haven't had a ton of time for actually playing video games recently because I've been busy doing other stuff related to video games, like arranging a lot of music. So, <laughs> Yeah, I've been uh, spending way too much time playing with stuff to get Twitch streams set up because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very much an, of the Ron Swanson don't half-ass two things, yes. whole-ass one thing kind of build. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't not do something like to the best that it can be done or at right. least try. So, which is, which is a huge failing when you're just trying to, you know, just start doing something, <laughs> do a lot of prep work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing new for me. Just still playing fall guys, still playing uh super mega baseball. Twa. Nice. So Michael, what are you playing right now? I'm playing with action figures <laughs> and, take, and taking very good pictures. Thank you. Like Thank I said, you you've much. learned, you've, you've learned very much in a short amount of time. Yeah, I uh, I got a long way to go if I'm gonna catch up to Mitchell 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 Wu, but um, yeah, it's fun. Keeps me in the house, gives me something to do. So until uh, something comes out, I need something to come out. I'm a little I'm a little concerned because um, Kings of Amalur has still not appeared in the PlayStation Store for pre-order, and it's supposed mm. to come out on September 8th. And I don't know why it's not in the store yet because I have money that I'd like to give them by the game <laughs> um so it's been on xbox it's been the xbox store for a while so uh oh huh so i mean at least it's at least it's coming out presumably presumably soon yeah. i don't see any reason why i wouldn't ever any delays or anything like that so. no um but fortunately micah good news for you there's a lot of new games coming out this week you might not be interested in any of them though unfortunately <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at a few, and I'm like, I don't know what any of this is. And then the other ones, I'm like, oh, I don't want to play that. So we have no straight roads coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, street Power Soccer coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, Vader Immortal comes to PlayStation VR. This is a Star Wars uh, VR experience that originated on the Oculus uh, Rift slash Quest. I did not play it because it looked silly and i've really grown detached from star wars with <laughs> in recent years uh <laughs> final fantasy crystal chronicles remastered edition comes to ps4 and switch tour de france 2020 
Performance enhancing drugs optional comes to the PC. Uh, <laughs> Jump Force comes to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, Nexamon Extinction comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Project Cars 3, that series is still happening, comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Wasteland 3 comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So if you want your uh, turn-based action strategy games, uh, that might be a good one to keep an eye out for. Windbound comes to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then capping it off, a game that I was actually shocked to see come up on the new release list. That's how out of touch with this series and with you know big time games. With this sport, I am not working at GameStop anymore. Uh, Madden Twenty One comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC, uh, featuring cover athlete Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore. Oh, it it is August, isn't it? Yeah, it's really? late August. Yeah. Late August. It's like, it's like football wow. season. Like the NFL season, I think, is supposed to start in like two weeks. Yeah, like we would wow. normally be in the midst of preseason right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when my parents still had season tickets to the Ravens, I would normally go to a couple of preseason games because it was more fun to get drunk in a parking lot and do that when uh, the weather was like warm uh, mm-hmm. rather than uh, sub-zero temps in December and January. Um. Yeah. Uh, it's the the 2020 NFL season begins on September 10th. Wow. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> and again, I don't know if it's because I'm so out of touch with the NFL that I don't hear it being talked about on TV. I don't know if it's because the NBA and NHL seasons and even the previous soccer season have dragged out into now. Yeah. Essentially, and, and, and so that, that space that normally the void has not been filled. Um, yeah, I don't know why I haven't heard about the NFL, but it shocked me that yeah. I, Madden was coming out. Like, I couldn't believe that Madden was releasing this week. Yeah, that's um, – wow. <laughs> okay. Um. Go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe. You can uh you can see our uh lovely faces. Um you can see my uh my my I got like a two-faced thing going on with like half of my face is like overlit <laughs> and the other half is like lit somewhat properly, but I still look like I'm ashy. You, you, you just gotta get like a good ring light and you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I tried I tried uh this little office light and it didn't really it didn't really help. It helps a little bit. You see the bags on my eyes. And stuff. Oh wow, the bags <laughs> under your eyes. <laughs> you gotta, you got to put a diffuser on that thing, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I need That's to uh, soften it up a little bit. I need to, uh, I need to get one. But uh, yeah, go to YouTube.com/slash/densepixels. Click the bell notification icon and click it again, and all that stuff, and you'll be notified uh, when we have a new show. Then comes uh that comes up uh subscribe to all the tmp studios podcasts uh wherever you get your podcasts including the nerdpocalypse black on black cinema we just recorded a new episode uh last night what's today tuesday today is tuesday yeah we just recorded an episode last night um uh on just mercy which is uh, a really good movie that made me tear up uh common distractions is back uh, we have a uh, review of uh, Project Power in the feed. Uh, two wildly different Jamie Foxx movies, Just Mercy and Project Power. Um, and uh, the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. 
Go to densepixels.com slash premium for $5 a month, $50 a year. Get access to the premium slip of podcast content, including the airing of grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, Upstage Conversation, and the full episode of the Look For Political Podcast. That dropped, what, today? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I believe the title was something to the effect of Gang Bang the DNC or something like that. Like, so, so, whenever, so we, whenever we do the... Uh, the uh, gang, gang bang the news DNC 2020 edition. Yes. Yeah. The- so the, the running, the running joke that, that Jay, Andy and I tell ourselves Ty- typically look forward is any two of us, um, hosting the show at any point. But when, when the major thing happens, uh, like the democratic national convention, which happened last week, uh, we usually do, uh, call it what you will. The three man booth, the six man tag, uh, menage pod, or gang banging the news as we as we say to each other in our uh, in our in our message thread. Well, I uh, I can't wait for next week's episode. <laughs> uh, that will probably be called vol dogging the news because the the RNC is this week ah. as we are recording. So uh, that will be very 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 interesting. Uh, so yes, go to densepixels.com slash premium because I guarantee you you are not going to want to miss that episode. It's going to be pretty good. Uh, so far, the first day and a half has, has already been just exactly what we've expected the RNC to look. <laughs> um, so we're going to have a lot of content. It's going to be a content-rich episode next week. Never you worry. Uh, the saga between Apple and Epic Games continues, and we've had our first legal ruling uh, in the case. Uh, Apple tried to file an injunction against Epic that would allow, that would cut them off from the Unreal Engine development tools that are needed for Apple's uh, operating systems of iOS and macOS. While the litigation between these two uh, is taking place, obviously Epic uh, fought against this. They even had some uh, a big hitter in their corner in Microsoft on their side. Uh, Microsoft basically sending in a letter to the judge, uh, <laughs> weighing in with their two cents. And uh, the, the judge in the case ruled that uh, while this litigation is pending, that uh, Epic would still have access to the development tools uh, for iOS and macOS. This was the initial shot across the bow uh, that Apple's doing. Uh, obviously, if they cut off access to these development tools, it makes it difficult for Epic to continue developing Fortnite and updating Fortnite in the absence uh, while the litigation plays out between these two uh, with Fortnite not being in the App Store. And it would kind of set them back a little bit um, if they if the judge rules you know in their favor and allows them back into the store under the terms that they're looking for, or if this just gets settled and they come back, uh, this will at least allow Epic to continue development on the game for Apple systems um, while the while the case plays out. So this wasn't a surprising ruling, I don't think. Um, this was just Apple trying to uh, just be shitty and get a leg up in the uh, in the proceedings. And maybe gain some leverage if they were successful. This is um, again. We talked about it last week. This is uh, this is very interesting. <laughs> it just it's, like it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. I'm surprised uh, that we got to at least one ruling. Even I mean, it's for an injunction, so it was expected to happen quickly. Um, but like I said, keep your eyes peeled. Where this this is not a story that's going to go away anytime soon. I have a feeling. So we'll no. See. Uh, the latest 
video game to be converted to a board game is going to be none other than Monster Hunter World. Uh, it is coming from the team at Steam Forge Games. Uh, this will be a cooperative multiplayer title. Not surprising at all, um, considering what Monster Hunter is. <laughs> that's what. Well, that's exactly what Monster right. Hunter is. And uh, it's going to launch on Kickstarter uh, in 2021. Sometimes the estimated uh, price for the game is a hundred bucks. Um, that may sound steep, but for any board game that has a copious amount of miniatures, um, it's really not. It's about par pretty, for the course. Pretty far for the course, very much. Yeah. And uh, knowing most companies that do this. Uh, if you back the Kickstarter, there will be a slew of free extras and stretch goals that you will get uh, by being a Kickstarter backer included in that $100 price. Um, this is Steamforge Games, the same company that brought us the Dark Souls board game, which actually is fairly well received uh, in the in the board game community. Uh, they've also come out with a Resident Evil 2 board game, a Horizon Zero Dawn board game, and a Devil May Cry board game. Uh, before you ask, I have not played any of those, so I can't firsthand tell you uh, how good or not good uh, this is going to be. Much like in the video game world, licensed board games tend to not always be the greatest. Yeah, I was about to say, you uh, you don't seem you don't strike me as the type of person that would like play a board game based off of something, right? Like you don't seem like the type of person that would read a book based on a video game. Well, there uh, are some, there are some, it, it, so it, it depends on where the impetus is. So like good example, there is um, a series of deck building games from upper deck uh, that uses the legendary system. And Micah, you've played this before because I brought legendary Marvel um, over to your house. And that is a good game system so that they throw a license on top of. So like I have the alien universe version of that game. And that game is very good because the system is good. Um, if, you know, if they, if they were like, Oh, monster hunter world is based on the descent dungeon crawling system. Like that would give me a lot of, a lot of hope because like descent is really good. So monster hunter would probably be good if it's based off of that system, but going in blind, like willy nilly. No, I'm not, I'm not usually the type that's gonna, that's going to take it on faith. No, that's really good. Now, uh, help uh, help uh, uh, an ignorant brother out. I, I don't play a lot of board games. Uh, a, a, the board games that I play uh, are the, you know, I'm the fast food guy, right? I play the fast food board games, and the fast food board games are uh, competitive. What is a cooperative board game? Is it like, is it like the stereotypical D&D where you're like, you're you're all working together against a, a, a dungeon master telling a story or like so how does this work? It it depends. So in, in this case, I would imagine it's gonna be one of two things. It's either gonna be a one versus many game where you're gonna have one player um in the role as whatever the monster is that you're hunting and they'll have a special set of abilities and, and things that they can use depending on which monster it is. Well actually Oh they, they've already the, the article explains it okay very good there you go um the the game sort of uh creator director for the the board game um noted that monster hunter is extremely open-ended monster hunter world especially like monster hunter is basically a high fantasy looter shooter um like you can you can just play it forever and it's open-ended um like there's there's no sort of threat on the table um he says you need a timer to give a sense of value to the actions that you're doing um so the timer comes in the form of in-game expeditions players will agree to a multi-session expedition that lasts a certain amount of in-game time and they will have to spend that time wisely 
in order to reach their goals. You'll have a fixed number of campaign days. If you want to do an exploration to gain more information about the next creature, that'll cost you a day. You want to do some crafting, that'll cost you a day. If you want to go on a hunt, depending on the complexity of that hunt, it might cost you two to five days. Kind of managing the time that you have available to you. Um, at the end of your campaign, players are free to start over with fresh characters, or they can begin again, taking their hard-earned gear with them into more challenging encounters. Okay. So basically, you're doing expeditions to hunt specific monsters um, to get gear and whatnot, and you will either pass or fail that quest, depending on how successful you are at managing your time. So this could be cool. There's a game that I have called Detective, um, which is someone in the same vein where you're you know, like a police detective solving a crime and you have like a fixed number of hours in each day, essentially. And so like every lead that you go chase down costs you time um, and you have a fixed amount of time that you have to solve the case. So I can see this, I get, this seems like it's going to be much in that same way. So I'm assuming then they're going to have uh, like the monsters that are in the game are going to work like some other like self governing dungeon crawl games do where you're going to have like kind of an AI built into the game in, in terms of like, like a deck of cards that has like different abilities or, you know, ways that you or or some games have it set up where the monster reacts to you based on things that you're doing. So you can. Kind yeah. Of- um, okay. He did the, this dude did mention, um, you know, managing what Hunter, the monsters sort of aggroed on at any given time is, Uh, going to be sort of tricky. Um, Also, like, each weapon um, will have its own deck of cards and upgrades to that weapon will increase the potential pool of cards available for players to build their decks, which is sort of their action economy. Okay. Um, So... So it could be cool. Trust me, that that sounds better than chucking dice. So sometimes sometimes those games can devolve into into luck fests. um, Yeah. Which are not always the most fun. I, I will almost definitely be backing this on Kickstarter once it is available. So well, there you go. Enjoy spending a shitload of money because sometimes I will pictures on those campaigns can really thank can really you. suck you dry. So um, I'm very familiar with that as far as fucking tabletop Kickstarters. Yeah. So I gotta say, one of the pleasant surprises from this past weekend uh, was the success. I think we have to say that was the DC. Uh, fandom event that they held on Saturday. Uh, by all accounts, most of the things they showed were fairly well received and uh, and pretty exciting. I especially uh, enjoyed the Batman trailer. It's probably the most excited I've been for a comic book movie in years. I wow. can't, honestly can't think of the last comic movie that I was actually excited for. You know, probably the Nolan Batman's. To be quite honest, um, yeah, I don't I don't like comic book movies that much, guys. You know this. This isn't news. Yeah. But they uh, they revealed finally uh, two things that have been anticipated and expected. The first of which uh, is the Rocksteady Suicide Squad game, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, briefly, uh, is literally about killing the Justice League. So uh, to the surprise of no one, apparently Brainiac is uh, doing his thing in Metropolis. He is mind-controlled Superman, and you play as the Suicide Squad uh, trying to kill him specifically uh, Harley Quinn, Deadshot, King Shark, and Captain Boomerang. Or I can't, I can't do it as good as Micah does it. Boomerang. There you go. <laughs> uh, in the game, uh, the it's, we just saw a trailer. Uh, it looks very Suicide Squatty in terms of how it's set up. It looks true to 
the universe that they're trying to build. Uh, the gameplay should be fun if it's based anywhere around the Batman Arkham system. What did you guys think of this initial trailer? Um, I, I, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then I looked at the date and I was like, oh, well, then this means nothing. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's not coming out until 2022, which like really begs the question of like, why are you showing us this right now? Um, I mean, I get it, right? Like you gotta, you gotta throw some stuff in there for the DC fandom, and right. I, I get it. Uh, but what I can do is infer from what I see in the trailer and from what I remember from that panel. Like, like um, they said that it's this city, right? So I guess all of the Justice League are in Metropolis, and um, each of the four characters has you know unique abilities and. There are certain things that sound. It, it's know. pretty obvious from just looking at the lineup. It's like, cool, you have your speedy character, your tanky character, your ranged character, and your all rounder. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Um but you know, I I I enjoy that universe. Um I enjoy employing wrestlers as voice actors, apparently. <laughs> um and I uh it, it looked it looked cool, you know, and it takes place in the Arkham universe, so it it, it looked okay. I, but you know, it, it's it's a it's a it's a movie trailer. Like <laughs> you know, I can't really I, I can't really say too much about it. But but I I like the vibe that they're going with. You know, like bright. It's daytime. You know. All those Arkham games took place indoors or at night, so it's it'll be cool to see things in the light of day. You know, you usually have darkness, fog, and all that to kind of hide flaws. You won't have that in this game, I assume. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 there. It is <laughs> arguably more exciting. Uh, believe it or not, was the WB Montreal project that had long been yeah. anticipated. Uh, we all soon. We this were getting- is the, the, back when they were, you know, putting the court of owls shit on the side of buildings and whatnot. Remember when that happened? Like yeah, last like, last eight, year, eight years ago in, in <laughs> pandemic time. Yeah, basically. Uh huh. <laughs> Remember when they were like teasing a Batman game and then said nothing for eight months? More than that now. Been like ten months since they did that. Been a while. We now know what that is, though. Yeah, we thought. And we there's were getting... no Batman. Batman's fucking dead. Thank God. And we get other characters to play as. Yeah, we thought we were getting a Batman Court of Owls game. Turns out we're getting a Batman side character Court of Owls game. Uh, Gotham Knights is going to be a cooperative open world. Uh, looks like an action RPG of sorts. Uh, set in Gotham City that lets you control uh, Red Hood, Batgirl, Nightwing, and Robin uh, taking on the Bat villains, including the uh, the Court of Owls, which many people are uh, very, very excited about. What's really and- funny for me right now in this instance is I'm looking at this article and there's an ad for WGU, mm-hmm. which has an owl as its mascot. So, like, I'm reading about the Court of Owls, and there's just a big, aggressive picture of an owl <laughs> and an unrelated company staring at me. So, uh, this is the same folks that did Batman Arkham Origins, which is considered 
good but not great in terms of the Batman uh, pantheon, very much like the Bioshock Two of the of the Batman series. Um, they showed gameplay for this. Uh, the characters play as you'd expect them to. A lot of folks said it, the the over like the UI and kind of how the game is laid out gives them uh, sort of like Assassin's Creed vibes, just in terms of how that all kind of sits. I can definitely see that. Uh, I just think it's cool that it's four player co op. Uh, uh, it's two player co op. Oh, see now, you, now you're now you're on my parade, Micah. Two player co op. I, I thought I I thought I read it was two player co op. I will I will double check. Mm. I feel like that be that would be mentioned in the article here, and it, it seems silly to have four four characters, characters and two right. player co op. Right. Uh, Games Radar is reporting. Gotham Knights co-op is limited to two players and online only. Yeah. yeah. Well, online only, I understand. The two yeah, players, I don't... The two-player co-op I, doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, it's fine. I'm just... More is better. More That's is all. better. I don't disagree with that. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested in seeing what, what this game is... Uh, Basically, how well this game is received. Uh, I am. I have made no secret of the fact that I am very, very. No, no, no. Of course not. He'll be like, in this game. Oh, Bruce Wayne is dead. Oh, like he's gonna show up at the end and fucking rescue the four of these <laughs> morons after they get captured by the Joker beaten within the in- an inch of their life with a crowbar he's gonna be uh he's gonna be like infiltrated by the court of vowels or something like that yeah. they're gonna brainwash him or some shit and a uh, a cooperative uh game not set in the arkham universe but using this engine um is cool to me it, it uh it it is the next logical step. It's the only way that that series I think can evolve, is to, you know, either give it a new city or a new sandbox to play in, and make it co-op. And um, I, I I don't know. I, it, do you think there's some live servicey elements to it? I, I I've seen some people lamenting that there might be some live servicey type things. I don't know. I don't want to speculate so much on that until like until we know that they're going to do that, right? Yeah. This um, you know, this feels like what I thought Avengers should have been. Mm. You know, it, it is it, it, Avengers. You play one way, right? You run headfirst into danger, beating up everything, and you know, you you you. That's fine for what it is, right? Like I see people making uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance comparisons. That's fine. But a game like this, you don't have to play it one way. And it just feels like they will have a little bit more variety in how you play. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm actually looking forward to it. Um, I'm not quite Batmaned out, but at the same time, like, yeah, I'm gonna be mad if Batman is in it. You know what I mean? On the plus, so, it has been five years since the last Batman game. Well, six by the time this game's come out since the last Arkham game. And not even talking about game. I'm just talking about 
Batman. Oh, just in general? Yeah, that guy gets a lot of run. Court of uh, Court Al's not enough to bring in that's never really been touched before outside of the comic run. So No, that's... Not... I just I wish I wish DC gave a shit about their other characters. Because it's like obviously they keep doing Batman both in the comics and in all other forms of media because that's largely what makes them money. But like it's sort of this sort of, I guess catch twenty two situation of like he's the only one making their money because he's the only character that they're focusing any time on. They're not giving any other of their massive roster of very good characters a chance. Mm. And it is exhausting. Um, particularly as someone who worked in the comic industry for six years. Um, I just, I'm so, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of Batman. There's only so much Batman that I can possibly give a shit about. And like, I ran out many years ago. Um, Like with the, with the, with the success of the critical and commercial success of the Wonder Woman property, with the critical and commercial success, uh, well, with the commercial success of the CW and the Flash, especially the Flash property, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they uh, they have. I mean, like, like every one of their characters is based on a Greek god. For Christ's sakes, like, like do like like you can you can come up with other ideas with these other characters green lanterns can pretty much do any fucking thing they want uh as long as you have enough willpower right like as long as you have enough resource uh to to in your ring and 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 internally right like there are two resources that you could juggle while while flying around the galaxy or whatever right like it's it's not that difficult i don't even think it's difficult to do a superman game and as much as those have crashed and burned i feel like i feel like you could i feel like there's a way that you could do a superman game and not have it be just broken you know what i mean do early superman like right superman not having fully come into his powers yet like there there are like you, you you put Superman as a character in the right hands um, of of a writer, especially, and you can absolutely craft uh, an interesting Superman story where he doesn't just fucking fly in from three towns over, zap you with his laser beam eyes, and move on with his life. Um, the The issue is, of course, no one's interested in trying. So right. So we're stuck with Batman, who is you know a wildly popular multimedia character and is also a human (laughs) is capable of having his ass kicked even when he's at his peak so the fact that the fact that no one has pulled the trigger on more wonder woman stuff is amazing to me wonder woman is the premier she's one of the premier superheroes of all time she is the premier female superhero uh, yes, but that's the problem, is that uh, it's Wonder <laughs> Woman. And uh, clearly, women don't play video games, and yeah, just, no I, no one would ever be interested in playing a Wonder Woman video game. Jesus Christ. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. But hey, you know, Batman. It's fine. It's coming. <laughs> so uh, a leak has suggested that it's possible that uh, Call of Duty... Black, colon, Black Ops, colon, Cold War, 
uh, is not going to have a free next generation upgrade when the game releases this fall. We're going to learn more about Call of Duty uh, as you're listening to this because the debut is uh, on the 26th. And uh, there's a leak that came out um, that there's going to be three editions of the game. There's going to be a standard edition. There's going to be the ultimate edition. And there's going to be the cross-gen bundle edition. Now, details are not yet known, but the fact that there is a cross-gen bundle listed uh, suggests that you are not going to be able to upgrade your copy of Call of Duty uh, for free to PS5 and Xbox Series X this year. Uh, if you do buy the Ultimate Edition, it is reported that uh, that will include an upgrade to the next generation console. Uh, but in the midst of most major gaming publishers uh, offering free you know, cross-gen upgrades this year for all their games that are coming out this fall, uh, what do you guys think about the potential news that uh, Call of Duty is going to be a bunch of cheap-ass bastards? And really, Activision is going to be a bunch of cheap-ass bastards. Activision's going <laughs> to niggle and dine their customer base? Wow, haven't heard that one before. Uh, I don't know. I, I have no strong feelings about this. I guess it depends on how much the cross-gen bundle costs. Is it going to be like a $10 be a, upgrade? Is it going to be, gonna like be a $120. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It, if if it's like fifteen or twenty bucks to do cross gen upgrade, then I think that might even be reasonable in the grand scheme of things, given that the cost of games probably should have gone up years ago and hasn't. Um, so if, if that's that's how they want to offset that, then so be it. Um, yeah, it it will ultimately just depend on. I would how I much would it agree costs. with you only. If other companies weren't giving that away, mm. honestly, and like to the point where EA like had a confusing upgrade policy, and then we're browbeaten into walking that back and basically said, oh, "We're just doing it the way that everybody else is doing it," which makes sense. Yeah, um, I'm a little surprised that uh, Microsoft wouldn't be insistent on this. I don't even know if they can be insistent on this with their smart delivery system. Um, you would think that they would step in given the altruism that they're attempting to display uh, as a company right now. Yeah, Lisa, it's just a hard pill for folks to swallow. Obviously, they're also incentivizing that you just get the ultimate edition and call it a day, honestly. Like, that's really what that boils down to. Is let's say that this, you know, cross-gen version is, you know, $75 and the ultimate edition is 100 bucks. Right. You know what I mean? Like to spend the extra 25, get the bonus shit, and then and then you got your upgrade, no problem. So be interesting to see pricing if this comes to fruition. I think we'll be revisiting this once uh once that gets announced. Uh according to Bloomberg News, uh that Nintendo there's a report that Nintendo is going to release an upgraded model of the Nintendo Switch hardware next year, uh, which could include more computing power and support for 4K resolution on the system uh this has been long rumored pretty much since the switch came out i feel like honestly um that we would get like a switch pro or like a switch you know plus edition essentially and it's the report also says that nintendo has a quote slew of games uh end quote planned to coincide with the release of this new switch which might explain 
their relatively light game output here in 2020. Uh, Carrie, you are Nintendo expert extraordinaire on this podcast. What do you think about the reports of a new Switch? Ah. What do you think about these reports? Uh, well, it's been four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's been four years since the Switch initially launched. Can I please? Sorry, my cat is being a cat. Um, but it's... Um, I think it's to be expected, uh, given their longstanding habit of releasing, particularly with their handhelds, to do like, here's a, a DS and then a DS Lite and then a DSi. Like, they came out with the Switch Lite in what, late 2018? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been two years since they did that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just sort of, it makes sense. Like, technology has gotten better. Presumably they can pack a bigger punch in the same kind of tiny body. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if they're going to release it, like, why why not? Um, I guess I mean, it would depend is... on when they would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's not going to happen until next year, um, uh, that, whatever. Um, yeah, Nintendo, particularly Nintendo first-party stuff, has been conspicuously quiet for the back half of 2020. Um, they're doing another port of a Wii U game. They're coming out with Pikmin 3. <laughs> I thought I thought we reached the the end of that run. Yeah, I thought when they did Tokyo Mirage sessions that that was going to be it, but apparently we were all wrong. Um, so that's coming out. Um, Rumors of multiple Super Mario games, including probably the ones that were Wii U titles, um, like 3D World, um, which was very good. Uh, And a Switch version of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. It's also been rumored slash leaked. Um, So yeah, I mean, particularly if if they're holding off on some like huge titles, like Metroid Prime 4. Breath of the Wild 2. If these games are going to coincide with the release of an upgraded console, I think that that would make a lot of sense for them. But um, I, I don't know. Probably going to get it when it releases. Micah, how much, I must say, how much would the Switch Pro have to be for you to, to pick it up? Uh, how much is the Switch now? Uh, 300 Oh, I thought it was um, still 4 the switch it would, yeah Wait. i don't think it was ever 400 i don't think it was ever four I think it was really three. pretty sure yeah. it was always oh, i spent 400, 400 because i got the switch and the special edition of breath of the wild all at the same time <laughs> ah um it, it, it would have to be 150 uh it could be 200 if they call it the nintendo switcheroo wow are you are you saying that you're only going to be willing to spend that much total or to be willing to spend that much more over a regular Switch? Um, if I were to buy another one, because my Switch works perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. If I were to buy another one, it would have to be $150. Because I the, the games that I play on the Switch, mm-hmm. 
I don't really give a damn if they're in 4K or not. <laughs> I really don't. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, if they uh, if they, if this does happen, I don't care about the graphical upgrade. I care more about the, the battery CPU life. Upgrade. No, fuck oh, the CPU. CPU, yeah. CPU. Like yeah. you, you put you put a better CPU in that thing. That's the one frustration that I do have with the Switch right now is that some games can really tax that system mm. uh, in terms, of, especially if you're playing online or or doing certain things. Um, you give me a, a Switch Pro, I'm probably gonna buy that too. Like, so yeah, it, it could cost up to. I so so my 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 thought process if they were to do this is I think they'd release it at 350, and I think they'd drop the price. They would drop. The yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, is that is that the Switch Pro will release at 350, uh, and the original Switch will then drop to 250. Um, so. Yeah. We'll see. It's coming from Bloomberg, which means it's coming from Jason Schreier, and I tend to give his stuff more credence uh, than most. Because he's a he's smart a lad, that one. He is. Uh, finally, real quick, uh, Summer Games Done Quick happened uh, past weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it started last weekend, and it ran through Sunday, and I watched so much of it because I was <laughs> on vacation. So, uh, But they have successfully raised uh, $2.3 million uh, for Doctors Without Borders, uh, which is pretty pretty impressive considering that they couldn't do an in-person uh, event this year. Yeah. Uh, um, now it's it's down by about s- almost exactly seven hundred thousand from last year's summer games done quick, which broke the three million mark. Um, but given the global economic condition right now, I think two point three million is an incredible amount of money um, raised for. Uh, Doctors Without Borders. It is still the, the like second highest total um, that they have ever raised for Doctors Without Borders. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. Um, I had a lot of fun watching it. There were some incredible runs uh, during during the thing. Um, uh, I would definitely because you can go and you can fucking you can watch all the vods and whatnot. You can go in their YouTube and watch everything. You Please go and watch this dude Happy Feet's play Pump It Up for an hour. Um, I have never seen anyone's feet move so fast in my entire life. <laughs> yes, um, there. A couple ones that I'm, I'm scrolling through the channel now. A couple ones that stand out to me. Uh, Mario Odyssey in an hour 14. Yeah, Pretty that impressive. was really good. Um, someone sma- I, I love the Mario 64 uh, <laughs> the the Tassbot run in seven minutes. Yo, it's Mario. so funny because <laughs> like Mario picks up speed when he's moving backwards, mm-hmm. and so like Tass is means tool assisted speed run, right? So they use a robot basically to like fling Mario back and forth, jumping off of adjacent walls, and he like speeds up so quick and like yeets himself through a wall. It is hilarious <laughs> yeah and, there, and there's like a glitch on the endless staircase that if you just kind of like launch yourself up i think backwards like it, you eventually get to the top of the staircase so you don't have to actually you can glitch through the door without having to get the requisite stars that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah wa- mario's watch a mario 64 speedrun it, it's it doesn't take long um, no and, and you, um it's pretty funny the uh the track mania nation speed run uh was really fun 
the Toho speedrun was interesting. Um, I used to play a lot of Toho, like, mm. 10 years ago. Um, and I was like, hmm, they're doing a Toho speedrun. Um, that's weird because almost all of those mainline games are auto-scrollers. So how can you speedrun an auto-scroll? Um, but they played a game called Shoot the Bullet, um, where your goal is to take pictures of your opponent's bullet hell patterns. So it's really the only game that can be speedrun. And this dude, um, he did one stage blindfolded, which is oh, incredible to do anything in Toho blindfolded. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. But yeah, SGDQ, super fun. I guess uh, it looks like Horizon Zero Dawn can be glitched because there's a 44-minute run mm-hmm. to beat that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, silly. There was a, a two-hour, nine-minute run of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Um, that's an any percent run. So, yeah, there's a lot of weird clips in that in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Doom Eternal run was pretty wild to watch. So, yeah, uh, let's see. Kotor in less than an hour is on there as well. So, yeah, some these I, I've said it before. These people that that do this stuff um, is just bonkers to me. Like the amount of repetition and knowledge and execution that goes into to making some of these runs is just boggled my mind. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that is it for the news. Go to triple W dot Amazon.com. <laughs> I, like, triple I, like w. I like how ever since, triple Johnny, w. <laughs> ever since Johnny talks shit on you. Yeah. The, you've been, uh, you've hey, been man. picking up the delivery of the, hey, man. <laughs> I, I listen, I listen to the fans. I am, uh, I'm one of the few on this network that actually cares about the people listening. Wow. So, uh, well, you know, I'm talking about Jay. You know, okay. That's why that's why there hasn't been an airing of grievances or a note or a note on the bleed in forever. because uh, he doesn't care about you people. <laughs> but I do. Go to triple w.densepixels.com slash Amazon. That's triple double u dot densepixels.com slash Amazon for all your Amazon purchases. When you go to triple w dot Amazon dot densepixels.com, see this is why I don't switch it up. <laughs> when you go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon for your Amazon purchases, you are helping us out. It is uh, by, by and, and you don't have to spend anything else. So go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. And uh, it's the easiest way to, to help us out. Uh, there's no major stories this week, so we're just going to get right into the post office. We start with John. Uh, who talks about of the past decade, uh, Renee Young was one of the interviewers in WWE that I actually really liked. She is fantastic and damn near everyone will sorely be missed. Uh, for those that don't know, Renee, Renee Young decided to uh, leave WWE this past weekend, which does suck. She was definitely one of the most like professional studio hosts, uh, especially that they ever had. She, they, gave, they gave her a run on commentary, and I don't think that was her. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really her forte. Um, but she's a great... Uh, she she's a great uh, you know studio show host in the like James Brown vein stuff like that. So she's been she'd been looked at by ESPN and places yeah. like that before. So I would imagine she's actually going to go on to quote unquote a legitimate sporting league or something <laughs> or something along those lines. Um, and he also asked if we uh, if we heard about the Sonya Deville Mandy Rose stalker situation, which is a really fucked up story. Yeah, apparently some guy got arrested uh, last week 
uh, in a plot to kidnap uh, WWE wrestler Sonya Deville. Um, he had like the the kidnap and murder kit basically ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And they picked him up and he basically confessed to what he was about to do, which was uh pretty fucking frightening. Yeah. Like th- this is this is the this is the brazen mentality of the white man. He like he's like posting it on Twitter and shit. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I'm a I'm a, like they went through his history and you saw this dude and he was just like, Yeah, I'm gonna do this. And ain't nothing y'all can do about it. I'm coming where you live at. I'm coming to your house right now. And then, and then he like, then he like, he's like, you better look out your window. Like some fucking, like the scream killer and shit. And, and he was there. This guy, God damn it. Yo, he kind of looks like the, uh, he kind of looks like that guy that is a wrestling fan that just jumps on shit. Mm. He's just like, fuck that shit. And then he just jumps on like air conditioning units and shit like that. He kind of looks like that guy. Mm. And uh, it's really sad, man. I think I think the the, uh, the rumor mill, the dirt sheets, the scuttlebutt is that um, they they scrapped the hair versus hair match and made it a loser leaves town match so that they can give Sonya Deville some time off to you know go like to to not worry about yeah <laughs> someone coming to her house and kidnapping her yeah yeah you know like Jesus I think Christ, I would man. need like a good mental mental time off. Yeah, yeah. You, need a, you need a mental health day after uh, you find a stalker. Mental in health house. month. Jesus Christ, man! So I don't know what the fuck. You were fucked man. up, man. Men. Yes, men are fucked up. Actually, that's a, that's a much more <laughs> apt description. Eric asks, "What is your favorite battle theme that's not from Final Fantasy and or Golden Sun?" <laughs> I feel called out. Uh, I I have a lot actually. Um, I I love basically any of the battle themes from the Persona franchise, like at large. Um, they're all very good. Um, uh, the final battle theme from Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth Hacker's Memory is very fun because it opens straight up with O Fortuna. And it's the, like, it's so overdramatic that it becomes comedic. Um, uh, what else? Fucking, uh, um, I like mean, the it, mini boss theme from, um, from Ocarina of Time. I really like that. That's, I think, we, one of my favorite Zelda battle themes. Are we limited to, to, uh, role-playing games? Or? I don't I, think so. I would say no. Like, there's so much good music out there. Like, all the Castlevania music is good. Oh, my God, yeah. Pretty much any fighting game, except for Tekken. I don't like Tekken's music, but every other fighting game has really good music. Um, Street Fighter has incredible music. Street Fighter has incredible music. I mean, goddamn, they made a meme out of the shit. Um um, but would you would you count f- character themes and fighting games as battle themes necessarily? I mean, uh, are they are they are they engaged in some sort of fisticuffs? <laughs> they are, are they battling? <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's uh, going a step too far. Um, for me, I'm going to throw an off the wall pick out there as well, a non RPG pick. Uh, and 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 I'm stretching the I'm giving you shit for stretching the boundaries <laughs> of this definition. I too am stretching the boundaries of this definition. Uh, and that is the uh, 
alert music from the original Metal Gear Solid. Oh, which is I would not cool. say that's a battle theme, but it is very cool. It's yeah. good music. Yeah, it's good music. <laughs> um, like I said, definitely, definitely puts you in the situation. Um, you know, and as you're able to stay hidden, it kind of fades out and slowly, you know, ebbs away. I'm just saying because it's the same theme every time when when you get spotted. So almost yeah. a good excuse to get to get noticed just to just to hear the song. i mean especially in them early metal gear games like they were dumb man like like they were they were very you could just get spotted and just like run around in circles for an hour and just listen to that music so but yeah the monster hunter fight themes are really cool too um Sinogre's, Sinogre's battle is pretty up there for me I like that a lot See, and an RPG one is tough because I am definitely so much engrossed in like the the Final Fantasy world, and they have so many good fucking songs in Final Fantasy. I mean, here's the thing about Final Fantasy battle themes: is basically from one through six, they're all the fucking same. <laughs> yeah, but then they get divergent. Like, like easily, my 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 most favorite aspect of Final Fantasy VII. Is the, the music. music? Yeah, the bo- the boss music specifically. It's, yeah. the, it's the best boss theme in the entire series. Mm, I'm gonna disagree with you there That's because fine, I think because I think decisive cool. battle from six is better than the one from seven. Um, my fa- here's the thing. My favorite Final Fantasy battle music is fucking Man with the Machine Gun from eight. I don't even like eight. It's not even a good game. But Man with the Machine Gun fucking slaps. So I literally bought uh, a Final Fantasy vinyl album i bought distant worlds 2 because it has an orchestral performance of man with the machine gun on it it also has dancing mad so that's fun but video game music is good just goes to show you that uh despite uh specifically phrasing the question to exclude final fantasy we still made our way <laughs> we still made our way back to <laughs> fuck you and fuck your exclusions <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Leonardo asks, what's a property that you think could be translated into a great video game? Uh, he brings up the Zorro franchise as an adventure game as a suggestion. Give me a resource management sim set at the Rosebud Motel in Schitt's Creek. <laughs> very specific yes can you tell that i've binged all six seasons of I, Shit's Creek I can. and am emotionally compromised as a result <laughs> that being said now i want to see that because that would actually be delightful if you have the right writers on it why isn't there a stanley kubrick version of the shining as a video game how would that even work mm. um well i figure you could Classic first-person MS-DOS adventure title? Yeah, it, I mean, I feel you could do that. You could play as uh, the you could play as the kid trying to outrun your dad and save your mom, and you meet uh, you meet Jazz the Transformer, uh, and maybe he has to scat man. The, the, the dude, the, yeah, I say the dude to play the uh, the groundskeeper. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he was he was he was he was Gem One Jazz. <laughs> Or you know you could play it. You can you could maybe you're Jack, right? Maybe you're Jack Torrance, and and you um, maybe it's like what was that GameCube game where uh, it kind of made you think like you were going crazy, right? I I don't know. I feel like you could do it though. 
but I don't have an idea of how to do it. So I guess I'm just full of shit. Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, Malcolm asks, who is the hardest boss you ever had to beat in a video game not limited to fighting games? I don't think but two of the people on this podcast would have limited that to fighting games by default. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. The one that immediately comes to mind, uh, particularly just because like it, I... fight too like you have to do it in a half hour and you have like waves of enemies and you have to like wipe out each wave in like fucking two turns or else they like respawn back at full health and uh it's bullshit i had to tweak with the difficulty settings on the game to like trick the game into letting me do way more damage (laughs) than i was doing uh yeah, I think everyone who I've talked to who has played Persona Five Royal basically said that the the Okamura boss fight. I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't qualify that as hard. I would qualify it as bullshit. Because uh, like once you figure it out, it's whatever. But it, just bullshit more than anything else. Isn't that what most boss fights are at this point now? Though, like just a bunch of like just a bunch of bullshit, right? Like. <laughs> Like it's a bunch of like their patterns, obviously, but they just kind of crank up the damage for bosses. Like I, I can't remember a boss fight that was like that I had to that I had to think and use all the skills that I outside of like a Zelda game. I was I just to about to bring my, up um, Breath of the Wild. I actually found the final boss fight against uh, Ganon. Like and not 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 when you're like on the horse and like shooting with the arrows, that's very easy. But that's meant to be cinematic. I meant the one like in the pit of the castle with like nasty Spider Boy Ganon. Um, mm-hmm. I actually thought all the boss fights in Breath of the Wild were were pretty tricky and like actually required you to do some thinking as far as what you were supposed to do in certain situations. Leonardo posts a gif of uh, Lazarevich from uh, <laughs> Uncharted Two. And that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like Lazarvich is a bastard, yo. Like it took, it took a while because he's just. First of all, the arena that you fight him in is not flat, and it's not like it's. There's a lot of climbing and jumping in the arena to avoid this maniac. And you're basically running in a fucking circle. In a circle, you're running in a circle. Like it's so it's it's so anticlimactic, man. And it's it's just bullshit. For um, me, um, the and, and this this is a weird one because it's not it's not hard because the execution is difficult once you know what to do. But the first time you fight any Destiny raid boss, and you don't know what the what the mechanic is that you have to do to damage them you're going to be sitting there for a good you know, hour or two with your team just trying shit and wiping and just experimenting and wiping until someone finally cracks the fucking Da Vinci code to figure out what you're supposed <laughs> to do during the damage phase. And then you actually have to do it. And then like, if you're one of these like, pro Destiny streamers that play eight hours a goddamn day, you can get that shit down to a well-worked science. But when you are you know, a filthy casual like me, those, those 
fights are always very difficult, especially when you're not playing with people who are necessarily well-versed in doing what you're supposed to do during a raid fight uh, in Destiny. So that would be my choice for... You know, how are you supposed to... How, how, like, if you're the first people to reach, to, to find the Taken King, right? Like, the raid Taken King boss... How do you just know what to do, you know? Like, well, so the, like there's a lot of jumping and and like it, it's it's wild, man. Right, but the thing is that there the encounters are so well designed that there's stuff that you do going through the the dungeon itself that you don't think much of, uh, but then it always kind of you know culminates together when you get to the boss fight, and it requires you to kind of draw back on some of the stuff that you did earlier. Um, to understand what you're supposed to do. But if you've ever watched, like I said, when whenever De- uh, Destiny releases a new raid, I love watching the the world's first race and try and seeing these guys try because because the again, these are guys that play this game all day every day and they don't know shit. And they're going into the raid relatively under leveled because you can only do so much in that first week um, that that the raid comes out. And just watching their process of going through and watching them like temper frustration <laughs> as they're trying to like work through everything um, is always a really exciting uh, thing to do. And I'll, I'll still never forget watching the, 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 the last wish raid, which took, you know, the first team 19 hours to complete, um, which is just bonkers. That's so wild. That crazy. Man. That's so wild. Have y'all ever done that? Have you and your team ever done that? Or has someone known? I mean, obviously, right? Like, people kind of like the rate has been beaten. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, do you guys go in there? Like with one eye closed, we and just so trying to figure something out. The first, the, the, the folks that I play with the first time that we do a raid, um, we do try to avoid watching spoilers. Um, and we try to go in as blind as we can. Just, just the first time, just to see if we can figure it out. We, we usually give up on that before we make it out of the first, before we make it out of the first encounter. So, <laughs> cause, cause, you know, banging your head against a brick wall for two hours is not always the most fun way to spend your evening. Uh, Malcolm also mentions how about Pat McAfee on Takeover? So, Mike, you didn't watch Takeover. No, um, I didn't get a chance to watch. Yeah, they had a match between Adam Cole. And uh, former Indianapolis Colts All-Pro punter uh, Pat McAfee, who has had uh, scripted beef uh, with Adam Cole for like the past two years, as Pat McAfee has been, you know, a commentator on NXT and, and stuff like that. Um, and surprisingly, Pat McAfee, when rated against other celebrity wrestlers in in history, and and there's a long list. Yeah, probably is on the top of the list, honestly, in terms of celebrity wrestling performances. He looked the most like a regular ass pro wrestler than yeah. anybody ever has before. Like he 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 was he was worlds better than Stephen Amell, who was probably that's, the best person besides him to do it. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Where do you rate him uh, against Stephen Amell, who was, you know, he was a cele- he was a celebrity, but he. He actually looked like he put in some work to try and get this done. And, you know, he was working with three other guys, mm-hmm. you know, in his match, if I if I remember correctly. So Yeah, this this was this was a one on one match and mm-hmm. Pat McAfee like it, it wasn't just that he was proficient technically in the moves he was executing, but he understood 
the psychology um, more than most people do. And the other thing that he did, which celebrities don't typically have to do, uh, he did a clean job for Adam Cole in the middle of the fucking ring. Oh, he lost? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, look, man, look. You've, I've seen Snoop Dogg uh, do a double leg takedown on some wrestlers, yo. Like, it's it like, come on, yo. Like, like when you're a celebrity, you you get celebrity strength, right? Like that, your your strength level is boosted by one hundred percent. So, I, I figured, you know, all right, this guy's a celebrity, so he might. Uh, uh, well, I guess he's not a he's not a Hollywood celebrity. When right. you're Hollywood, <laughs> then I mean, yeah, it's like God mode, right? <laughs> No, he 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 did the job and he did it clean in the center. All right, good, good. I'm glad because yo, like, it's Adam Cole, yo, like, like <laughs> the face of that brand, yo, like, what are we doing? <laughs> so, but but like I said, he looked good in the loss, which is all that you can really ask for. Um, so he took a Panama Sunrise or Panama City Sunrise, Micah. So, oh, all right, good. <laughs> Uh, Warren says, have you guys checked out uh, High Score on Netflix? I don't even know what High Score is. Uh, it's a new documentary. A documentary. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, a friend of mine has started watching it and says it's very good. So, yeah. Well, I will watch it. So, no, I obviously have not watched it yet. Uh, Randy says, what games do you play with your family? We're going to have three very different answers on this question. <laughs> um, I'll get mine out of the way first. My, uh, my wife in a in a, in a bid to try and appeal to what I want to do. Um, she was like, Hey, let's play a game. So I'm like, all right, well, let me play a game. Let me find a game that I think you would like. Um, we, uh, there were, she's played two games that she's liked. One was Mario Kart, but, uh, that was a little too advanced. And, uh, the other is everybody's golf or everyone's golf. And she really liked everyone's golf. Like she, she like, she will from time to time be like, Hey, you want to play that golf game since we can't go to top golf? I was like, sure. <laughs> so those are the two games that we play. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Cause I'm the next chain up in the, in the, the <laughs> like the complexity factor, I guess. So we, we typically stick my wife and I, uh, when we do play a video game to co-ops, um, because playing anything competitive that I play regularly would not be fair because I play a lot more video games than she does. Um, so we play a lot of, uh, we play a lot of Overcooked, uh, Diablo 3, we play pretty considerably. Try to get her into Borderlands. She can't really, she doesn't really jive with FPSs too much because um, she hasn't had too much practice in that arena. Uh, but those are probably the big ones uh, for her and I. I play Monster Hunter with my husband. <laughs> about it my parents don't play video games sometimes like if my dad is around on the rare occasion that my dad has been around while i'm playing a video game he will offer unsolicited commentary on what's going on uh, which is hilarious because he's never played a video game so i thought about getting getting my wife into dauntless i think she i think she could handle that so that, that might be something i still try to venture into doing uh anthony asks favorite and worst holiday to work at GameStop. So let me first let me first mm. jump right out in, in the front of this. There is no good holiday. Yeah. I was <laughs> like it's like, like even like Fourth of July and Easter, which is slow, you don't want to be there on the <laughs> right. <laughs> I never minded working Easter um, mm. because it meant that I didn't have to do something else with someone else for Easter. 
<laughs> rather make money <laughs> than be forced to go to a family event on a holiday that I don't even celebrate because I'm fucking atheist. So, <laughs> so this this really boils down to the the battle between three separate holidays, and one of them is not even a real holiday, but three separate right. holidays. So it's it's the battle between Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and Christmas Eve. Those are the three that you have to that you have to decide between. Uh, I'll let you guys go first. We'll we'll, we'll go in we'll go in order of uh, tenure, which I guess would put Carrie as the first up to to make this call. Okay, so what? It's Christmas Eve, Black Friday, Black Friday, and what? Thanksgiving, which you might not have even had to work. No, so, um, so, the yeah. earliest I ever had to work was like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. on Black Friday. Um, didn't love that. I would, I would honestly say like working Black Friday, I don't think I ever ran into like too terribly many problems um, because like people would come in and stuff was sold out and usually they would be like, oh, well, like, Obviously, it sold out because I waited until like 3 p.m. to do it. Like, I never had anyone be mad at me on Black Friday. Um, just worked weird hours. So I would prefer to work Black Friday if I had to choose Black Friday and Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve sucks because you have a bunch of dumbasses out there being like, where do you have anything left? It's Christmas Eve and I'm doing all my shopping right now. And I'm like... Because you waited until right now to start your Christmas shopping, and Christmas is in four hours. So, I don't know. Maybe these things are correlated to each other. Who fucking knows? Certainly not me, the person who's stuck here on Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve is also when you get the most amount of people being like, Oh, I can't believe, I can't believe you're working on Christmas Eve. Oh my, oh, that's so terrible. You're working on Christmas Eve. I was like, because, because you're here. You're here. And that's why I am here. <laughs> Working. Oh, I don't, you should be home with your family. It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah I should be. You were at Towson Town Center <laughs> at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. You want to know why I'm here on Christmas Eve? <laughs> yeah, Christmas Eve sucks. Uh, Micah? Um, I didn't work on Thanksgiving. Yeah, we didn't um, do that while you were around, so. Nah. Um... So for me, it's Black Friday and Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, uh, I generally didn't work too many of those either. Uh, but the one time I got robbed was Christmas Eve Eve. So <laughs> that left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, so yeah, it would have to be Black Friday. And it's just Black Friday just because it's busy, right? And there's just a mass of people just meandering in the store at any given moment. Uh, some of them trying to make deals, right? Like, oh, well, what about like, nah, yo, nah, this ain't CarMax. We don't fucking, we, this ain't a car dealership, yo. We're not here to haggle, man. Like, well, well, this is buy two, get one free. I bought this game for one ninety nine and this game for one ninety nine. Can I get this for forty four ninety nine for free? Like, no, dude, no, that's not how it works. And you know, that's not how it works. Get out of here. <laughs> Like I'm no no we're not doing that. I so, my my favorite move from those people would be the guys that put the two cheap games on the counter, and then once you scan them in, 
Then they put the expensive game on the counter. Like, right, as if the system will not automatically <laughs> detect which one is the cheapest yeah, It's game. determined by the order that we scan them in. That's right. right. That's right. right. Here's okay. the two, and then here's the free one. Like, nah, yo, it don't work like that. Insane. And um, guess what? Guess what? Even if it did work like that, I would just take it off and then rescan them because fuck you. So, shockingly, you would think that my... So, I, so I was there for... I think four or five years that we did that we were open on Thanksgiving day or Thanksgiving evening as it were, because we were only open from like three to 10 on that day. So you would think that I would say Thanksgiving. You'd be wrong. I liked working Thanksgiving because you had a relatively small crew. Like we only brought in four or five people on Thanksgiving because you know, the whole time you're going to have a line the entire night. And you just rock that shit out. And you know it's only going to last for seven hours. And and you just roll with it. And that's it. Um, Black Friday, by proxy, became much more bearable once we started opening on Thanksgiving. Because anyone that would have been there at 5 a.m. or at midnight on Black Friday came on Thanksgiving. And so you don't have to worry about it. The only answer to this question is Christmas fucking Eve. Because by the time you get to Christmas Eve, you're fucking over it. Like, you've, you've already endured the entire holiday season. <laughs> Any amount of Christmas spirit that you went in with right. has long been exhausted. It's gone. Um, like Carrie said, everyone that shops on Christmas Eve is waited till the last minute, so they're panicked. They're usually stressed out because they're going to 18 different stores. They're shocked that you don't have the hot item that's been sold out everywhere for the longest fucking time. Three and they're, a half fucking weeks. Right. They're shocked that the stuff that's been on sale in these pre-Christmas sales isn't in stock anymore because we fucking sold it all. Uh, they're upset because you have to save some stuff for the after Christmas sale that's coming up on the 26th that you literally cannot sell because we advertise that we have it. So you have to have some of it in stock where it's false advertisement to do that. <laughs> and people are just generally more shitty and you close at eight o'clock and you want to get home, but Oh wait, you have to do some setup for the after Christmas sale. That's coming on the, the day after Christmas as well, because, and that takes two hours. So you're not out of there till 10 fucking o'clock at night. All you want to do is go home. Christmas Eve sucks. I hated Christmas Eve. It was the absolute <laughs> fucking worst. And as a, and when you're, when you ran a store, you were always closing on those days because you were the guy that was expected to be there. So Christmas Eve is the only correct answer. Uh, um, I closed a few times on Christmas Eve. I'll have you know. Yeah, but um, with your store manager, right? Maybe. I would think so. Like, maybe you, you, you and might, I closed Christmas Eve. You might have been there too. Yeah. But I, but I was always there. I just, I remember like going home, like after working fucking like eight and a half hours dealing with the absolute worst people on earth at Towson Town Center mm. and going home and my parents were like, oh, aren't you so happy? It's Christmas. And I was like, fuck you. And I was like, just went right to bed. <laughs> so mad at everything. The, the mall was actually the best place to work for these holidays because when the mall closed, you were done. Like, you yeah. didn't fucking worry about it. Whereas yeah, man. You, you go to a regular brick and mortar store, Jesus Christ, Joe. Like, those people... They just, they don't leave. They don't leave. It's like, they don't want to go home to their family. Right. Like, just because you hate your family don't mean that <laughs> I hate mine. Jesus Christ, man. So we got to do that uh, game stuff part two again at some point. We do. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, 
read Gerard's question. Gerard, we've answered this question a million times. I'm sure you can find stuff in the group if you want a, a full list. I, I will provide a list of things. There you go. He's a casual gamer between work and parenting and an active three-year-old. What do you think I should play in my downtime for the Switch? Carrie will give you a full list. We've been over this a lot on the show, so I, I'd, feel, I'd feel remiss if we, uh, if we, had, if we went through it uh, again. Um, but there's a lot of lot of suggestions that we made over the years out there. Go buy guacamole. There it's like go. dirt cheap, and it's really fun, and it's funny, like legit funny. And it's a great game. I love. I yeah. I played the shit out of guacamole too when I downloaded on Switch mm-hmm. um, until I beat it. So that is the post office. Thank you guys very much for submitting your questions. You too can submit your questions to the Dense Pixels post office by going to densepixels.com slash fans on Facebook. Uh, as Mike mentioned earlier, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash densepixels and click the bell icon to be notified whenever new content gets posted. Uh, we are we have heard you. Uh, we have been thinking about doing it ourselves anyway. Uh, we too are growing tired of Facebook shenanigans. So we are slowly but surely working on setting up a Discord server uh, for the Dense Pixels fandom. Um, more on that later uh, once I have time to actually see As we figure it out. Fuck around with it and, and actually learn how Discord works because I've never really fucking used it before. Uh, but you can still check us out on Twitch. Carrie streaming Monster Hunter uh, yeah. so regularly uh, at Suppets Carrie. Terrence is still doing his thing at Apparition 410. And I'm going to get started on somewhat of a regular streaming schedule at Dense Pixels Brad, uh, streaming a variety of stuff, whatever I happen to be playing uh, at any given time. But you can bet that on September 8th, if it makes it into the PlayStation Store, we will definitely be streaming some Kingdoms of Amalur, uh, re-reckoning when that comes out, because I'm very much looking forward uh, to that game. And uh, not Avengers, because no thank you. Even though, even though Terrence completely flipped the script on his Avengers opinion uh, in the past week, apparently. Yeah, he's, he says that now. He ain't buying it. And uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, look, look. I'm buying it. I'm buying it because uh, I'm a sucker. I'm a shill. But uh, I'll, I'll, really? tell you, I'll tell you that right. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you an honest opinion. Because everything I've seen is people either just, just they can't wait to shit on it or, or they can't wait to fillet it. And it, it's, you know, it as usual, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. So... I'll uh, I'll let you know, and then uh, and then I'll go play Kingdoms of Amalur because I feel like I'm gonna get tired of playing. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to picking up Tony Hawk's Pro Skater since that's how I'm gonna be. There you go. Thank you all very much for watching, listening. We'll see you all. Thanks. See you.